Today we conclude this series, and here's what I know, uh, and I've heard many people speaking back to me about this series, and by the way, you can turn to 2 Timothy, and uh, we'll get there in a few moments, so if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to 2 Timothy, if you have it on your device, go ahead and pull up 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we'll get there in a moment, but here's what I know, there are people in this room who You have people who point out your wrongs. You have people who can make you feel less than. Uh, You have people who are just have this uncanny ability to intimidate you and to put you down. And sometimes it's with words, other times, maybe other things, but many times and most often, you've been misread misheard, mislabeled, misjudged, and as a result, you are here today struggling, perhaps, with your identity. But here's what I want you to know, and this is just a fact. There's no one like you. Uh, There's no one that has your fingerprint. So it's just an outside symbol that God put on your body to let you know that you're unique, that you are awesome that there's no one like you. So turn to the person next to you and say, there's no one like you. (laughs) No one like you. And so it's never too late to be the person you might have been or that you were created to be. But here's the thing is we don't see the world. You don't see the world as it is. You see the world as you are from your perspective. And so if you live off of compliments, you'll die from criticism. At the end of the day, what really matters is how God views you. How does God see you? You mean everything to him. Think about this. You mean the cross to Christ. That's how much God loves you. So in 2 Timothy, uh, we're going to look, as we conclude this series today, at what Paul had to say to a young man who maybe had some image problems, and here's what he says. I am writing to Timothy, my dear son. Now, understand this. He is not his physical son, but Paul has a spiritual son. So I might just pause here and say, who's your daddy spiritually? You should have a spiritual father. You should have someone that you look up to in your life that's gone before you, maybe lived a little bit longer than you, and and maybe they're ahead of you spiritually, and they can kind of help pull you along spiritually. So who is that in your life? If you don't have an answer to that, you need to get one. May God the Father And Christ Jesus, our Lord, give you grace, mercy, and peace. Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my 
prayers. Again, next week we'll be looking at a prayer series, remembering people in prayer. If you don't know how to pray effectively, if you're not in tune with God every day, then again, don't miss next week because prayer obviously is so important. Verse 4, he says, I long to see you again, for I remember your tears when we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois, your mother Eunice, and I know the same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God, and maybe you know this verse, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. We're going to look today at how to move beyond the excuses. Did you know that if you want an excuse, you'll find it, right? You know, I'll start that diet tomorrow. Today's not a good day, right? How many know tomorrow maybe never comes? But we have, and the problem here starts with we have a per, public persona. Uh, there, there's a, a person that you are and that you represent and that you want to represent. But did you know that I think the law of physics says this, that somewhere around 8.3% of an iceberg is exposed. In other words, the majority of that iceberg is unseen. And I think the same is true in your life and mine. I would say what you and I see about each other, for the most part, is probably about 8%. That we see the image of what we want to see, of what we want to portray to be, or we just kind of know some people, their acquaintances, we know their name perhaps, we might even know where they live, or we study their Facebook feed, so, so we see that, we see their Instagram account, we, we see these things about them, but it really only measures up to maybe about 8% of the person. So here's what we need to do is do this a little bit deeper, and if we're going to get our image right, it's confront what you know. Say that with me, confront what you know. It's a first step in getting beyond surface relationships and living the life God has for you to live. There are those things that you know about you that other people don't know about you, and some of you like it that way, right? You like it that other people don't know everything. Because here's how this works. It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. Anybody remember what was behind the curtain? It, it was so amazing, this little guy just running things, and, and everybody was fearful about who is the Wizard of Oz. And, and they pulled back the curtain. They were shocked. And some of us hide behind a curtain, and that's the first thing we do in this, this step. You, we hide. We try to hide behind a pretense. Maybe, you know, we don't confess everything. The Bible talks about confess your sins one to another, but we don't read that 
verse. We don't want to do that. So we end up, many of us, with shallow conversations and superficial relationships that fill our lives. And the enemy wants to keep it that way. The enemy wants you to keep to yourself. He wants you to keep your secret a secret. It's an ancient isolation tactic that he has to keep you in a prison of yourself. God says, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Do you think the enemy wants you to confess your sin and get all that forgiveness from God? No way. But listen, that's what God wants for your life. God wants you to be off of the load of the pressure of pretense and free to live in the promise of who he's made you to be. And then we fake it until we make it. We live behind the thin-veiled smile, perhaps, that hides the fact that we were in one big fight on the way to church. Nobody fits that description, right? A.W. Tozer, in The Pursuit of God, he writes and says this, I have the burden of pretense. He says, there is hardly a man or woman who dares to be just what he or she is without doctoring up the impression. It's hardly anybody who really is real. But the rest, he says, A.W. Tozer says, the rest that Jesus promised, I want to give you rest. He says that rest comes in humility. It comes in being ourselves. It comes in revealing our weaknesses so that his strength can be made perfect in our weakness. The blessed relief that we receive comes when we accept ourselves as who we really are and cease to pretend. And that freedom is available to every person here today. But I, I have a genuine fear and concern that, that you'll walk out without that freedom. That you'll walk out with the same burden that you walked in with. And then also, we judge others then. Because that makes us look better, right? We judge or misjudge or prejudge others. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow says, if we could... Read the secret history of our enemies. We should find that in each man's life, sorrow and suffering enough to disarm any hostility. What he is saying is, is everyone's fighting a battle. You just don't know what it is. And they're not telling you. I'm telling you, you don't look into the eyes of anyone at work or at school or at, at the public arena. You never do you look into the eyes of someone who does not know pain of some kind. And so it's so important for us to understand dealing with that. Because here's what happens is maybe you had a situation at work this week and then you brought it home. And then you packed it up at home and you brought it to church today. 
but I've got good news for you. You brought it to the right place. Because in this place today, God can help you to deal with it and to be free from it and to be free to be the person you were meant to be, to no longer carry all of the pretense, all of the faking, all of the other stuff in your life. You can be free by the power of the Holy Spirit. We used to talk about leaving it at the altar. What was that called? What was that talking about? It meant when you come to church, you leave it at church. I mean, that sounds good, right? You just leave your problem there. Leave your burden there. Leave your care, your concern. And I'm telling you, that is not a pithy or, or, or anemic statement today. There is genuine Power in casting your cares on the Lord because he cares so much for you. And today you can cast your care. You can cast your concern. That word cast means let it go. Turn the person next to you and tell them it's time to let it go. It's time to let it go. All right, so what do we do? What do we do? We confront what we know and others don't know, but here's what else we need to confront today is you need to confront what you don't know. You need to confront what you don't know. Now, how can you confront what you don't know? Because what you don't know can hurt you. Has anybody figured that out? It's not true that what you don't know won't hurt you. It, it can hurt you bad. How many know that? I mean, you turn left when you should turn right, it can hurt you bad. So it's important to know. But how do we know what we don't know? Well, that's where we need other people, right? You need some parsley people in your life. You know what I'm talking about? Good friend people that say, hey, Right there. Nope. Next one. Next to the molar. Parsley. Yeah. You got it. Right? You need some people that say, hey, barn door's open. <laughs> you know? Need to get it closed. You need some people who are grace and truth people. Jesus walked with grace and truth. Grace says, I love you no matter what. Truth says, I love you enough to tell you the truth. To be honest with you no matter what. Because I'm not going to let you go and be injured by this. I'm not going to let you keep going on. This could end up in a bad place. This could end up in destruction. This could end up with greater difficulties in your life. So let me ask you this question. Have you given someone that proximity in your life to speak grace and truth into your life? Who is that person? Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe you've got a friend. Maybe you've got a mentor. Maybe you've got someone 
who, like Paul, can come along and say to Timothy, Timothy, you're being a coward. You have coward tendencies, but that's not who you really are. That's not who you really are. Who you really are is a person of power, love, and a sound mind or self-discipline. And he says, you've got to fan this into flame, Timothy. You've got to flame, burn, burn this. You've, you've got to get it going. In other words, it's not just up to God, and it's not just up to you. It's a partnership between you and God, but I want to call it out. It's saying that you're not who you think you are. You're not as weak as you think. It's, a, it's, it, it's something you need to rise up in. I have an app on my phone that I downloaded this week because I have a friend that just completed this morning a 100-mile race all at one time, not over a year, okay, overnight, running. Yes, he needs therapy, but that's a whole nother issue, okay? In the meantime, I put this app on my phone which tracked him all along the 100 miles. And I had a feature on the app where I could give a shout out. I could give an encouragement. I I could say something to him. And so I just typed it in and then it would speak it out uh, to him on the other end. I could even play the Rocky song for him, which I did, okay? Because I love that song. So... Uh, you know, you, you could do those kinds of things. And, and it was awesome. And, and so you need people in your life who will speak into you. Sometimes it's encouragement, but sometimes it's like Paul with Timothy. Hey, Timothy, don't you give in to that spirit of timidity or fear. The only time the word coward is used in the entire Bible is right here. And what it means is, is you've slipped up, you, you've fallen back, you, you have a lack of grit, you have a failure of nerve. It's the ten spies who went into the promised land and came out and said, we can't do it. it it's that kind of timidity. But it's interesting that church history says how Timothy died. Do you know how he died? Spoiler alert. In church tradition, he died at 80 years of age while trying to stop a pagan parade by preaching the gospel. And they took him out from that parade and they stoned him. And so I don't call that timidity, I don't call that a coward. I don't call that someone bound by a spirit of fear, do you? I think when Paul called this out, I believe Timothy says, i got to shake this off. I've got to stir myself. I've got to fan into flame the gift of God that is in me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I am not weak. I am strong. And in his strength, I will be able to do what God has called me to do. And Timothy rose up and actually gave his life as a martyr 
murder because of him saying, I'm not what I feel. I'm not what others have said. I am who God says I am. How about you? What do you need to confess today? What sin do you need to confess? What positive thing do you need to confess? What is keeping you from being what God has called you to be? And some of you have an inkling of what that is, and you think maybe, I think that was when I was 15, but you know, I've made some dumb choices and whatever, so I think God went on to something else or somebody else. No, friend. Jeremiah in the Old Testament was called by God, and he said to God, O sovereign Lord, I am but a child. Who am I to speak for you? Because God was calling him to speak for him. And God says, hey, I am calling you because I saw you in your mother's womb. I saw you before your mama saw you and before she thought up a name for you. I've got a name for you and the name I have for you is prophet to the nations. You will speak for me and your words will get recorded, Jeremiah, and one day they'll be put in something called a book and that book will go all over the world and be the most read book in all of history and people in Avon, Indiana will refer to you. I know you don't know where Avon is, Jeremiah, but believe me, it exists and it will come about and you'll be preached there 2,000 plus years from now. And he is, right? See, you don't know what God has for you. What excuse? Abraham said, I'm too old. Moses said, I'm a stutterer. David said, I'm too small. I don't know what your excuse is today, but I do know that God is bigger than our excuse. I don't know if you've ever done the Enneagram. Anybody know what I'm talking about even? Enneagram is one of these personality tests. And I don't know, I'm a freak. I love to take all those kinds of things, figure out, you know, what's it say and things like that. And so I, I do this Enneagram and it tells me things. But this one I like because here's what it does. It says what you could do that could be destructive with your personality. Not just how you can be great, but it tells you what to watch for, what to look out for in your life. And I don't know about you, but I need some people in my life. I, I need some people who are willing to be like Paul and say, hey, you're going, you're going weak on me right now, bro. You need to get stronger. You need to pick it up. You need to keep charging. I need somebody sometimes to just play the Rocky song for me. Come on. I, I need somebody who will just say, hey, I, 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 in faith, I'll act like that's a great sermon, all right? <laughs> Maybe it'll get better if I do something, you know. All right, moving right along. Confronting what no one knows. How do you confront? You, you got to confront what you do know, okay? And then you got to confront what you don't know, but other people know. And then you also, if you're going to become all that God wants you to be in this lifetime, you've got to confront what no one knows. 
the things no one knows about you, and this is where you so desperately need your creator, God, because he knows. He knows all about you. He knows everything. The Bible says you're his workmanship. You're created in Christ Jesus to do something, to do his good works, to perform the purpose for your life, to to live it out. And and we talk about in our culture finding ourselves, right? I just got to go find myself. Well, if you're going to go find yourself, you better go find God because God knows who you're supposed to be, all right? God knows exactly who you're supposed to be. And until you find him, you don't know who you are. Because God has a purpose for your life. And to Timothy, Paul says, it's in you. It's in you. It's inside you. You just need to fan it. Thomas Burton said that the goal of self-understanding is to identify the self-defeating dimensions of our personality. This is why we need God. There are things in my life I can't heal and nobody else can either. Only God can heal. And instead of buying into the lies of the enemy and believing what he says, what we need to do is believe what God says, and you can't just believe it, you have to live it. You have to declare it. Now, to help us understand this today, I brought a jar with me, and this jar is filled with rocks. I filled this jar with rocks. And so, let's say this jar represents your life, your life or mine. Now, I could put a label on this jar and say rocks or stones. And you might say, well, hey, that's descriptive. That's good. But what if I said, you know what, I'm going to put a different label on this. Skittles or M&M's. How many of you would say, that, that's crazy? That doesn't make sense. And you better think again if you think I'm going to eat one of those, right? But here's what I think. You know, in the natural, just because you put a different name on it, it doesn't mean that it's any different. But I believe that we serve a God that gives us not just a new name, but he gives us a new name because he's changing us from the inside out. He's changing us by the power of his Holy Spirit. And he's not just slapping a new label upon us. The Bible says, I will take your heart of stone and turn it into a heart of flesh. That new name is a representation of the new work that God is doing in your life. One time, Jesus looked at Peter, and he said to Peter, a man that he knew was going to deny him three times. Three times. And he was going to be the one that said, oh, not me. No, no, no. 
These other losers, you know, they'll fail you, but not me. And Jesus looked at that man that other people would say, loser, denier, turncoat, uh, fearful. And Jesus said, no, you're called Simon, but I'm going to call you Peter because you're a rock. And what Jesus spoke over him came to pass because in the early church, Peter rose up and got to preach the first sermon of the early church after the infilling of the Holy Spirit and 3,000 people got saved. I'd say that's a pretty good day in church. How about you? And so he preaches this message 3,000 people are saved. He goes on to keep preaching. He gets thrown in jail, and an angel gets him out at night. And they come to the jail the next day and say, hey, where's Pete? Where is that guy? And they said, oh, we heard he's out there preaching again. And sure enough, he said, an angel of the Lord delivered me, so I'm out here preaching again. You just can't keep a good man down, right? And so Peter became what Jesus said in his life, and even in his death, he said, you want to crucify me? If you're going to do that, you better do it upside down, because I don't even deserve to hang the same way in death, the way that my Lord hung in death for me. I'm telling you, that sounds like a rock to me. Dwayne Johnson doesn't have anything on Peter. Come on, somebody. I mean, I mean, he is, he is what Jesus declared him to be. And today, I believe the same Jesus looks down at your life and mine and says, don't believe what other people say. I call you something else because when Jesus begins to work in our lives, he does change the inside. See, it's not just I slap a new label on me. It's not just I I just put a new label. That just begins the process. But some of you today, here's the problem. God's trying to work in your life and do things in your life, and you've got the wrong label on you. You've got maybe labels like this, unloved, unqualified, damaged, weak, not enough. Too many of God's people running around with the wrong label on themselves today. When God this morning, come on, he wants to tear that old label off of you forever. And like Simon Peter, he wants to do a change like Abram to Abraham, like Saul to Paul. God wants to do a transforming work from the inside out. And God today might say, qualified, champion, more than a conqueror, victorious, child of the living God. You see, that's who you are in Christ Jesus. See, Jeremiah said, oh, but I'm too young. I I can't be used. And God said, shut up. (laughs) Read it for yourself. Quit saying that, God said. I mean, he directly spoke to him. Quit saying that. 
Do not say that anymore. I'm telling you, you are a preacher to the nations. You will be a voice that will be used all over the globe. Do not say to me who you are. I'll tell you who you are. And today, some of you need to quit saying who you are and let God tell you who you really are and start living it out in the power of his Holy Spirit. I believe that today. You see, you're not to anything because he is everything. I have something to declare today. I've got something to declare. I heard about a a, a guy that got raised up. He he was kind of new to stuff, and he was in the minor leagues, and they were raising him up to the major leagues, and he was going to play in Toronto. And so he got on the plane, flew into Toronto, and they pulled him aside. And they said, who are you? And he told him his name. And, of course, it matched up. And they said, well, what are you doing here? And he says, I'm here to play the Blue Jays. And they thought, this guy's tripped out, you know. He's jacked up. He's messed up because he was by himself and flying coach. That's because he'd never played in the major leagues before. He didn't travel with the team. And so they said, well, what do you have to declare? And he says, I declare that I'm proud to be an American. They said, lock him up. He missed his first game because of that misidentification. But I want to tell you something this morning You and I have something to declare. We have something to declare to the evil one. And that is you are the apple of God's eye. You are sought after. You are more than a conqueror. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are a new creation. The old has passed away. And behold, all has become new. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I am convinced that you cannot be separated from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, neither life nor death nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you believe that today, give him a shout. Paul said, don't conform to the pattern or the mental thinking of this world any longer. But what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, it starts today with a new label. It starts by tearing off what maybe a misthinking parent put on you. It it starts with taking off what your brother said about you, your sister said about you, your family said about you, what they say about you at work, what other people speak about you at school. It starts with ripping off the old label and putting on the label that God says. Ah, no, no. You may think that, but I say I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus I am victorious, not because of me, not because of 
who I am because of who he is in me. We're going to sing a song today that declares that in this place as we close. But let's pray right now. Father in heaven, do a healing work in this place. There are those in this place that have the wrong label on. And I pray that today they'd rip it off. That they'd get free to be all that you want and have intended for them to be even before they were born. Maybe you're here today and you say, Craig, I'll be honest enough to say there are times I struggle with my identity. I forget who I am in Christ. I cower down when I could bold up. I could tell people about Jesus at school or at work, but I cower down and I get timid or afraid and wonder what people are going to think of me. And I think about people too much when I post on social media and things like that. And I'm not real. I don't have somebody speaking into my life. I don't have a spiritual father in my life. And I realize today I need to make some changes going out of this place. And one of the things I need to change maybe most is my mouth. Maybe I need to begin to declare what God declares over my life. And if you're here this morning and you're ready to change your life like that, will you just raise your hand with mine and say, yes, I believe what he says over what others say about me today. Raise your hand up high. Yes, Father in heaven, I pray that you'll help each of those who are extending their reach to you. God, it's just a sign. It's just an outward sign that we believe what you say. Even though the enemy whispers in our ears, you're not enough, you're unqualified. You'll never amount to anything, remember? Your mama said that. Remember what your brother said? Remember what someone else said? But today, God, we take captive every thought and bring it into obedience of Christ. And we declare who you say we are. We are qualified. We are children of God. We are more than enough. We are more than conquerors, not because of us, but because of you in our lives. Set us free today. Maybe you're here this morning, others of you, and perhaps you recognize that you don't have a connection with the Creator. That, that when it comes to the manufacturer, the person who put you together in your mother's womb, the one that designed you, that had a whole purpose and plan for your life from before you were born, that maybe you've, you've either lost that connection or maybe you've never really had that connection with him. And if you're here this morning, you say, Craig, if there is a God and he created all the amazing things around me and even the amazing thing of life and our bodies and how they function, if that creator has a purpose for me, then I want to tap into it. And I want to be a child of God. And the Bible says, here's how we become children of God. We get adopted into God's family. We're born in sin. But God looked down and sent Jesus on your behalf and mine to take the penalty of your sin and my sin. 
and die with it on the cross. That's the reason why the Bible says the sky grew black. And it felt like God had deserted Jesus because he took your sin, my sin, on him, paid for it on that cross, but rose from the dead to show that he was victorious. And because he lives, you can have life in him today. Resurrection life. The new has come. The old passes away. And if you'd like that transforming power to work on the inside of you, it begins as you surrender your life to God and become a child of God. And I'd like to help you do that right now. Just raise your hand. Say, yes, that's me. I need to become a child of God today. Yes, I see that hand. How many others? Yes, over here, God bless you. Back over here, God bless you. All right, several have raised their hands, and so let's just pray this prayer, Crossroads Church family. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross to pay for my sin. Now I ask that my life will be changed from the inside out. I open my heart to you. My life is yours. Come in and fill it with your presence. As much as I know how, I surrender all to you. Become my Savior. Become my Lord. And accept me now as a child of God. And I thank you, Lord, that I will not be the same. I am not the same. I am changed. I am a new creation through the power of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, come on. Give a praise.